Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, this is Bryant Strzala, the special event scout. And this is the Scouting Report, episode 6. In today's episode, I speak with Carrie Hodgkins, who works for American Outback Adventure and Events. I met Carrie a few years back when she hired me to work some team building events. So in today's episode, Carrie and I discuss team building and what to consider when booking team building events for your staff. I'm here with Carrie Hodgkins, who works for American Outback Adventures and Events, and we met a couple years ago when I actually worked an event for her, so I'm going to let Carrie introduce herself and uh, tell you how she got started in the event industry. So I started in the event industry as a banquet manager for a large resort in Ocean City, Maryland, and after leaving Ocean City, went to work for a large catering company in Charlottesville, Virginia, dealing primarily with weddings and special events, and was part of the company as Charlottesville established itself as one of the leading wedding destinations for the East Coast, and worked with them for several years, and left the company uh, to relocate to Princeton, New Jersey for my husband's work, where I found a job via Craigslist, of all things, with a corporate event planning company that was looking to hire someone in as part of their expansion uh, to the northeast part of the United States. So I interviewed with Canadian Outback Adventures and Events lead event planner uh, several times, starting in New York, and then second interview in Toronto, and a third interview in Vancouver, and accepted the position and was with them for two, a little over two years before moving to Scotland. Uh, spent a year and a half in Edinburgh, Scotland, and recently returned back to the U.S. and back to American Outback Adventures and Events. So why don't you talk about what American Outback Adventures and Events is all about and what kind of events you did for them? So the corporate structure of both Canadian and American Outback Adventures and Events uh, revolves around delivering Um, high-quality team-building activities to corporate clients, uh, ranging from very, very small startups all the way to major Fortune 100 companies. Uh, They got their start as actually a whitewater rafting company in Squamish, 
uh, and their first major client was McDonald's. And they worked with them, uh, taking them down the river for several years before McDonald's asked them to come up with something that was a little bit different. And so using the basis of reality television programming, they came up with a survivor program uh, to run, which we call our corporate castaways. And uh, it was a huge hit. And from there, the company evolved to running a multitude of different programs, all based in a reality television-inspired event and um, spread across Canada and uh, now throughout the United States and recently opening up uh, some doors in Mexico as well. That's funny. I didn't think about that until now I look back and, like, I worked an apprentice. I worked... well, uh, CSI. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's funny. It is all reality TV based. So how many team building events do you think you have hosted? Oh, at this point, I have probably done upwards of 200 would be my guess. Um, it's definitely a lot. They all run together. But, um, you know, it's gotten to the point where my comfort level with the events, you, you know, you know, all the speeches off the top of your head and you, you used to get super psyched. I remember that going down the <laughs> elevator for the uh, CSI one where you were like, uh, every day is like game day and you used to get nervous. Yeah. Do you feel that still? Uh, oh, yeah. Every time. Really? It's a it's a positive stress thing. It's, it's this uh, anticipation of with events, you are never doing the same thing twice. And so, you know, I get a great nervous energy before every event because – you know that there's things that are beyond your control and um, you're excited to deliver the activity, but you're also very aware that you need to kind of be on your on your game because you never know uh, what the challenges could be that are thrown at you. So, yeah, still get nervous, still, still have problems eating breakfast the That's morning of the night. I am totally the opposite of you. I mean, I think you have more of a performance element in your events. I don't know if that's – I mean you're more in front of the crowd but like even when I have to be like front of house, to me it's an act. But I came over from hotels and like I worked at a movie theater through high school. So to me this is just being on site. Like I am totally at ease and I don't get that nervousness but I think because you perform. Because like yes. I remember pretending to be a cop. I think that's pretty cool. What is your favorite – event that you run for American Outback Adventure and Events? So um, I go back and forth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick two favorites. Um, my two favorites are The Apprentice, which you've done with me, which yep. um, is a charity-based event. And uh, that is my favorite for the, because I feel like no matter what, everybody wins with that one uh, because at the end of the day, you are – having a lasting positive impact on the people around you, which I think is awesome. So I always leave those events feeling great because I know that there's kids who are going to be on the receiving end of these awesome bicycles. And I love that. Um, and then for just the sheer fun of running it, uh, our new minute to win it team building event is fantastic because I think it does a great job of entertaining every kind of person. So you know, we, cause it's a constant change of activity, all these mini, you got to get the right. I actually hosted one of those events <laughs> I did. And it was like a corporate, it was like the end of the week seminar. And these uh-huh. people had just wanted to go home 
Uh, so that was kind of funny for me. That was like we're trying our best to get people up and active because you really have to get people trying to participate and you could see that they just want to go home. <laughs> yes. I, to be honest, when talking with my clients, I would say the worst possible time to do any team building event is Friday afternoon. Um, yeah, 100%. I've, it's just especially, and I've had clients do this on a holiday weekend, and they schedule a team building event for the Friday of, say, Memorial Day weekend. And you could not pick a worse time because they mentally are simply not there um, and just not wanting to participate. And even if you can cap, you know, capture their attention for, say, an hour, um, a three-hour time frame is just unrealistic for achieving you know, the goals that they set out to achieve and something like that. Totally. It's funny. I think people think of that, like, you know, Christmas party mentality where it's the end of the week instead of just having a work day, let's end this on having something fun. And everyone's like, I just want to go home. You know, if I want to have fun, I'll go have fun with my family. Um, you had said that you do the apprentice. Is that the one you do the most? Cause it seems like that would have the easiest correlation to business. So it would be an easy sell because you're also telling your client that your employees will have this fun team building event, but at the end they then also have to make a marketing pitch. And so they do actually have a little bit of like real business involved in the event. Sure. And you know, it, I, I would say I'm, I don't work in the sales department. So in terms of can I speak to whether it's the easiest sell? Not really, but in my mind, I think it would be because, you know, it appeals to, a, like you said, a wide array of different corporate structures. And it also, it just, it's easy for a, a variety of capabilities in terms of physical fitness. Um, some of our activities are very physically challenging. And so the apprentice can really be user-friendly for people across the board and you don't have to worry about that exhaustion level that you might have to with something that's a little more physical. Um, and it's also flexible in terms of space. And so, um, you know, in the wintertime in places like Wisconsin and Michigan, uh, we're seeing that request a lot because it's simply an activity that can be done no matter how crummy the weather is. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, as the host, what is one lesson that you would tell clients when they're booking an event uh, for a team building event? What's some things they should keep in mind? You know, I think keeping in mind that it could take a little while for their participants to warm up to it. I sometimes see clients where they're very, very nervous at the get go that people aren't having enough fun or, you know, they're not engaged enough. And it's just like anything else that's different. Um, it can take a it can take a little bit to to warm up to it, especially if you're taking them out of their comfort zone, um, or if it's very early in the morning. So you know we're experienced in handling these activities, and sometimes um, we know that this is the normal things to be looking for, but we'll have clients kind of stressing out to the point of them taking away from the our ability to work on the event. And, you know, so I would say trust the fact that you've hired someone whose job it is to manage and create a successful event. So don't be so um, concerned in the get-go and kind of let the event evolve because part of the whole importance of team-building events 
is to see how the employees interact with each other and let the relationships between the teams and the dynamics between the teams develop. And so it may not be the event that they've pictured in their head, but a lot of this is about organically letting things happen um, and see the results. So, you know, I would say that to my clients. And I would also, like we were saying, be aware of when you are asking them to participate. 8 a.m. may not be the best time for your group to go running around a city for three hours. Um, So just an awareness of not just filling a time block, but getting that money, you know, the bang for your buck in terms of the satisfaction and the results are going to be better if you're really working um, with us to determine what's going to be the best time and the best program for your group. How often are your events a surprise? I would say probably a third of our events are a surprise for the participants. You know, because I bring that up because when you were saying how people are nervous in the beginning, and I think a way that you could help yourself be less nervous is I think you almost want to call in like two or three of your employees to your office and kind of give them the rundown so they have a little bit more of what to expect and tell them not to go like tell everybody. But this way, if you have a couple people who will start it, people will pick up, but you need that first person to start, you know? It's like a dance floor. Like people are a little nervous. They're a little hesitant. They see that it's intriguing and it's probably more fun than standing in the corner, but you're afraid. So when you have a couple people who get started, it makes it a little bit easier for other people to transition. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, some some companies, that's not a problem at all. It can also depend, to be honest with you, on what it is that they do within the company. You know, I rarely have a sales of, of an issue with a sales team not getting involved. Anytime where you're dealing with competitive people, you don't really see that hesitation and that fear. It's really when you're dealing with uh, people who are very detail-oriented introverts that you see that sort of hesitation occur. And sometimes if it's a company where that's the majority of the staff, it just takes us a little bit longer to get them feeling comfortable because they really want to know all of the details. They want to know the process how it's going to happen. Um, so we have a lot more questions come up, whereas we see with sales and marketing folks that they pretty much jump right in um, at, and get you know their feet wet at the same time. It, so it's, it's always interesting to see based on the dynamic of what they do within their company. Do you like hosting events for cross-functional teams? So you might have somebody from sales and you might have somebody from IT. Or do you prefer to have an event where it's all salespeople, where it's all IT people, where it's all admin? You know, I love the the ones where it's across the board uh, because it really gives me a chance to get them to establish new relationships. I love the stories after an event where a client comes up and says, you know, person X and person Y have been working in the same office for 15 years. They didn't know that they were both big, you know, Emma Thompson fans or whatever. You know what I mean? Finding some common connection between two people that creates a lasting friendship is awesome. And so I love getting people out of their comfort zone and having fun. 
But, you know, I also really enjoy when I have a super competitive group and I'm doing our amazing chase event and getting them amped up and having them run all over the city. I love those too. So, you know, any time, any event, I'm happy to run as long as the participants keep an open mind is, is my biggest struggle is just, you know, getting them to, to at least throw some caution to the wind and jump in and participate. You know, you're more active on events, I think, than I am most times, especially if I do something like a social uh, event. You know, so much work goes into planning, so much goes into setting up. But then at the actual event, I'm just kind of sitting there watching people. <laughs> For you, you actually get to pe- like watch people work. So I feel like that's these 200 plus events you've hosted must have really helped you kind of see patterns in people's behavior and be able to read something like about body language because you could probably now pick out based on their participation and how they act, who's in sales and who does what. Is that a fair statement? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've studied a lot of the Myers-Briggs personality test aspects as well. Um, to kind of help me understand if I do identify certain personality traits in someone, how to most effectively get them involved. And, you know, obviously the more time that I've spent doing this, the better I have gotten at understanding people and how to get to and how to reach them. But it's, I use it in every aspect of my life now. Um, when I was in Scotland, I uh, took a totally different direction and uh, managed a bar and my staff that I worked with would often comment that I seem to understand them a lot better than previous managers. And I've joked about the fact that, well, you can't really hide anything from me. I've already analyzed you guys. And um, at first they didn't really believe me. Um, but as time went on, they started to understand that I really was paying attention all the time. Uh, and I was sort of not to sound too creepy, but I was always watching them interact with the customers. Oh, uh, no, you don't have to explain it to me. I'm with you. I do the <laughs> same exact thing. Yeah, so, it, you know, I, yes, I, I have been able to translate this, um, these experiences into a lot of aspects of my life and also how I communicate with people um, if I'm ever in a, a situation personally, whether it's conflict or negotiating. Um, this job has really been great to teach me all about just the basics of human interaction. What's one lesson as a planner you've learned hosting team building events? Um, that the details are really do matter. Um, it can, something can go wrong very easily if you don't pay attention to the small things. And, you know, unfortunately I think that's something that every event planner has to learn the hard way. And, you know, for me, I definitely learned that I needed to be more organized and be ready, have that checklist, check it three times, just anticipate the problems before you're on the stage. But also, they don't know uh, at the end of the day exactly how things are supposed to go. Yeah. So thinking on your feet, as any anybody in the event industry knows this, you have to think on your feet because the problems will come and it's up to you and what makes you a successful events professional is your ability to handle when those things come up. Yeah, I had done an earlier uh, podcast with this guy, Matt Glass, who owns a vintage, and we talked about one horror story and how he had set off the confetti too early in the Macy's Day Parade. 
And he's like, and even that, this, he's like, I, he's like, I knew I was wrong. My boss knew I was wrong, but I don't think very many people knew that confetti wasn't supposed to go off at that point. Yeah, you know, the the end. The only people who any small mis- will notice any small mistake are just the people putting on the event, yep. not the client itself. So you had gotten started with weddings. What did type of event did you like doing more, team building or weddings? You know, I go back and forth on that uh, still to this day. Really? And uh, I do. Uh, I go back and forth because I'm still friends with a lot of the brides that I have worked with through the years. Um, You establish a much more intimate relationship with your couples because you are participating in one of the most important days of their lives. And, you know, I made it a point to really get to know them. Uh, because I think that that's what makes a wedding unique and special. Um, whereas with my corporate clients, um, you know, I get along with the vast majority of them very well. Um, but they're not somebody who, if I see um, out and about, I'm going to give them a big hug and maybe sit down and have coffee with them. Yeah. Uh, so I miss I miss that aspect of of the wedding industry. But with corporate, there's uh, less emotion wedding, involved. That's exactly. where that gets easier. And there's less emotion and there's also, it's a much lower stress level at the end of the day because when you're talking about someone's wedding, there are so many expectations and this is potentially something that has been 20, 30 years of dreaming about versus no one 10 years, you know, in the past was going, when I'm big, I can't wait to, you know. Host a team building event for my staff. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, it's man, it's that whole deep demon of managing expectations. Um, and with weddings, you know, I, I feel like I did a good job with it, but there's always, um, that stress for, you know, I would say a month leading up to the event of, you know, really wanting to make sure that it's everything that they dreamed it was going to be. What was one lesson you learned from, uh, hosting weddings that you applied to American or Canadian Outback Adventure events? Um, That you really have to go with your gut sometimes and be able to say no. Uh, Saying no and telling um, a client, whether it's a bride or a a corporate client, uh, because you do know sometimes what is best. Uh, You've been in this rodeo many more times, and I used to be very bad about saying no. And um, I had a bride who chose a venue, uh, and then chose a guest list that was far too big for her venue. And, you know, I worked with her and had many conversations with her about my concerns for how she was going to fit everyone in there. Um, and day of, you know, we, we got everybody a seat, but she came back to me and, and she felt like she, um, you know, was shocked that it was so crowded and, you know, I, Apparently, my multiple conversations with her saying it's going to be very tight weren't black and white enough. And I learned the hard way that sometimes you have to say, no, this is the max number of people you can have. You can't do that. And, um, you know, I definitely have learned that the hard way. That's just one example. Um, But I think that when you tell people no and you explain why and if it is a reasonable, you know, thought process behind it you end up with a little more respect even. Uh, you walk away with with that sense of, right, I'm the professional. 
and I'm looking out what's, for what's best for you. You might not recognize that now, but I have your best interest at heart. Oh, and, you know, that's something I think everybody in the vet industry has experienced as well. Yeah, definitely. It's funny because I've only worked a very few number of weddings, but at 27, I'm at the age where a lot of my friends are starting to get married. And it's so them going through the planning process has made me kind of reflect on what events truly are. And when you have somebody like a bride and a groom looking to plan a wedding, they don't realize how much uncertainty accompanies an event. You know, you're literally creating something that does not yet exist. So it's going to be one question after the next, after the next, after the next, after the next on all these topics that you just haven't thought about. And that's just something people have to keep in mind. Even like new planners to our business, like you're going to hit a lot of stuff you haven't done before, but you just got to roll with it. Yeah. I mean, flexibility is huge and just thinking outside the box and being able to kind of roll with it. Um, you know, I personally, um, have a theater background. My, my degree is in, uh, is in drama and, you know, people say, Oh, what are you going to do with a, a theater degree? And to, to me, the answer is, well, a lot. And one of the best things, um, that you can do with it is event planning because it's the same concept in so many ways. It is creating Improv. something new. Oh, sorry. I was going to say just like, you just like improv. Oh yeah, exactly. It, it is improv. I mean, when something goes wrong, your ability to improv, it, it, it could easily save the day. Uh, and even staging, you know, taking classes and sight lines and, how things are perceived when people are looking at them from certain angles, uh, you, body, how you hold your body when you talk to people. I mean, the, those are all things that I've put to use time and time again. Um, and, and I owe that to my degree. That's funny. I wouldn't have thought of that. What is the famous Shakespeare quote? All the life's the stage. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. And it is. It totally is. And when you're talking about events, it's a big stage. <laughs> So uh, I want to now kind of transition into what you're doing because now you're stepping out away from events, but you're still a little bit involved in events. Is that true? Well, so I'm maintaining a contractor relationship with American Outback. So um, I'll be doing several events for them uh, towards the end of this month and leading into next month. Um, So I'll continue that relationship and help them out. Uh, They do have... um, you know, someone full-time who replaced me when I left the company, uh, who handles the, the lion's share of the events. Uh, so I still have a good relationship with them and I still enjoy it. So I continue that, uh, relationship. And then, uh, I've also taken over, uh, managing events for a local, uh, food truck company. So that keeps me busy. And it's yeah, another aspect of event planning that I've never done. And I'm learning to do is, um, how uh, the operations behind the scenes for food trucks work. What uh, kind of food are you be selling? It is organic donuts. Uh, and we have uh, food trucks here in Virginia, and we also uh, have them in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Oh, wow, that's cool. That's funny. It's by me. You have to tell me uh, what company I'll go buy an organic donut. Yeah, Carpe, Carpe Donut. Uh, so it's it's very popular up there. We, New York Times named us one of the best donuts in New York recently, so you'd be missing out if you didn't have one. 
Yeah, well, you might be up here for the 20th, so I'll take you out for a, for a yeah, donut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I always like to end with some stories. Sure. Uh, and I always ask this, and I took it out in the last one, but I kind of want to go back to it because, to me, these are the funniest. Do you have one moment, just like one horror story that you remember from all the events that you did that when you look back now, they just make you laugh? Oh, yeah. Um, I had a wedding where uh, the bride and groom were based in Los Angeles and the groom is a famous Hollywood film producer who will go unnamed. And, uh, they had decided to get married in Virginia because she was originally from the area and they picked a venue that has gorgeous, uh, tiered Italian gardens in the back. And the bride's vision was to have dinner served outdoors. And, um, we said, you know, that's fine but we need to have our rain plan. And so we had the two plans and the night before the wedding, I get a phone call from the bride from the emergency room and she has just broken her leg. And uh, she fell at the rehearsal dinner and broke her leg. So I needed, I got in touch with the venue and we went through the plan for getting a golf cart to drive the bride to the ceremony site, etc. So that was Big issue number one, we suddenly had a bride on crutches. So the morning of the event, the call is made. We check the weather, and it looks to be all clear. So we make the decision to go ahead with the outdoor ceremony, outdoor reception, and uh, we set up as such. And the the setup for the reception is very elaborate. Uh, We had custom pink linens. Uh, We had floral arrangements at every single place setting, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, the bride and groom had brought in some very nice spirits from around the world as well, which had been shipped to us. So as soon as everything is set up and the photos are taken of how beautiful it is, uh, we notice that there are some very ominous clouds rolling in in the distance. And suddenly the emergency broadcast comes on that a freak storm is heading directly towards us. So we had about three minutes to cover as much as we could with shower curtains before a horrendous storm rips through the reception and destroys pretty much everything in its path. Uh, It struck so fast that guests were running and screaming. And in the process, someone knocked over the 96-year-old grandmother and she split her face open. Oh, Jesus. So blood is uh. everywhere in one of the reception rooms, which we have to close down. Uh, so we suddenly lose one of the main dining areas that could be accessed for guests that are now all shoved inside. Um, and all of the utensils and napkins are outside getting soaked and hailed on. So we broke out some Christmas paper napkins that we found in the back cupboard and plastic forks. And everyone ate standing up in their evening gowns, um, totally crammed into one place while the ambulance came to see to the grandmother. Uh, meanwhile, outside, all of the alcohol is in cardboard boxes that are actually melting. And so all of the Italian, or excuse me, French champagne is rolling down the hills of the gardens. And so my staff and I are chasing all of the alcohol, uh, in hail and, um, actually getting bruised from the hailstorm. Uh, trying to collect the alcohol for the reception. And um, so, yeah, uh, several thousand dollars worth of flowers were destroyed in a matter of minutes. Uh, The custom tablecloths were ruined. 
and uh, the grandmother had to go to the hospital, and um, it was it was about as much of a disaster of a wedding, especially considering the amount of money that they put into this reception uh, that you could imagine. And um, as a as a closing, the venue manager uh, then tripped over a light fixture and broke her arm. So the ambulance, after dropping the grandmother off, had to return and get the venue manager and take her to the hospital. So multiple trips to the hospital uh, and just an all-around disaster of a reception. Um, but all was well. Uh, we moved them to a second site. Uh, they danced as much as they could, being that the bride was on crutches, and uh, drank a lot of that champagne and laughed it off. Well, do you think that's a bad or a good omen? Like, obviously, it could, you could see how it could be a bad omen, but I guess it could also be like, well, this is probably the worst it's going to be. Exactly. So things might be uh, yeah, better from this point. Their reaction was, uh, we came, we saw, we conquered. Uh, we go into the future together, uh, united by what was one of the craziest weddings that we've ever been to, and our friends will be talking about it forever. Oh, yeah, that's so, funny, though. Yeah, nobody will yeah. forget that wedding for sure. Exactly. So it, it was, you know, to see the Hollywood types um, be forced into that kind of scenario, it, everyone handled it very gracefully, uh, and, you know, it was it was memorable, which I guess... For some people, they they can't say that, uh, but it, it it was it was definitely one for me as a young wedding planner. That was the biggest event to date that I had managed, um, and so I definitely was pretty devastated about how it was all going uh, at the time. But in hindsight, you know, I, I'm able to laugh about it now. One of my favorite event stories, uh, I was new to New York. I had just started working for my old company. My boss, he's a pretty famous event planner. He is a big guy, always really done up, you know, nice suit, like fancy hair. And uh, we were out at Pleasantdale Chateau in New Jersey. And we, you, it was this really nice, like, mansion. I think films, a couple films have been shot there. There's a pool where they did that movie Cocoon. And there's this, like, really nice garden area, courtyard. And this was the first event that we were ever allowed to do outside in Pleasantdale. And when you walked out, we had shipped these lights, these long string, like, strings of these big lights. And they had been shipped from our office in L.A. Um, and we put them up on trust, so you kind of walked out and it fanned out. Well, because they had been in this crate for a long time, they really kind of shrunk. So when they started to stretch out, they were pulling the truss forward and we didn't have any sandbags. And it got down to there was like 10 minutes before the event and we couldn't figure out a way to actually like have these lights not droop. So I just started running around and I found like way in the back of this woods, there's this like shed and there's all these cinder blocks. So I grabbed two of them and I ran up and I ran up to the guy who was uh, doing my decor and I was like, Orhan, I found all of these blocks. So I grabbed somebody from the venue and we got a golf cart and we stacked them up and we ran back. And like, like my decor guy and his guy were taking care of two and I was on one. And right when I took off of the sand blocks, like, or the, uh, the, yeah, the sandbags, 
to pull it back, my boss came out giving the VIP tour and like the bulb went and I swear to God, like I'm looking at it, like it must have rested on his head. He didn't feel it. He didn't make any motion, but like the ball came like in slow motion. It landed and then I pulled it tight and then it just bounced up and it was straight. And I ended up like being, I guess, the hero because I solved this like within I said the 25th hour. But I remember looking at slow motion where I thought this bulb was going to go right and smash on my boss's head while he was giving the VIP tour. Uh, but, you know, things work out. And in the end, I'm the only one who knew about that. Um, but now I want to end on a high note. So what's one of your favorite event memories? Oh, man, there's a lot. Um, but honestly, I would say one of my favorite uh at least it's coming to mind right now is actually the first event you and I did together um, because of the sheer uh, quantity of bicycles that we managed to uh, bring into the space. So um, I believe the participant level was about 375 people uh, assembling bicycles for uh, the Boston Boys and Girls Club. And although the logistics really were difficult, um, the enthusiasm of the participants, the excitement of the kids uh, was amazing. And I, I will never forget getting to see the reaction on all of those children's faces running uh, to go get their bikes. And that was a pretty magical moment. Um, and honestly, as a Patriots fan, also getting introduced by Doug Flutie is pretty cool. Not many people can say that uh, Doug Flutie was their intro person, um, but I can. So, uh, you know, that was a, a really awesome event, um, and it was a big challenge for me. That was, at, at that point, the biggest corporate team building that I had ever done. And uh, when the surveys came back from the client, uh, it was the highest rating, rated team building event that the company had ever had. So um, it was just massively successful and um, just really rewarding on a personal level to know that all of those bikes had such great homes. Yeah, that was a really neat event. I'll never forget that Doug Flutie's like motivational speech was about the dropkick. That caught me <laughs> off guard. I had a lot of fun with you when we did the CSI event because we went up to Cape Cod in the off season. Yep. And so I literally felt like we had this whole resort. I thought I was in a game of Clue. That was cool. That was a great event. I think that that, you know, it was it was pretty challenging um, to gauge, you know, as you'll recall, that was the day after the Boston Marathon bombings. So it was very difficult to gauge how we were going to make that event work without being uh, too upsetting for the participants who were all Boston locals. Um, so it was it was great that we were in the setting, like you said, that was really just all to ourselves so we could really have fun with them and kind of break that sort of veil of sadness that was kind of hanging over everybody and just make it as goofy as possible and um so yeah i mean that it was a gorgeous setting and uh just a really fantastic event um so yeah that was definitely a good one you had said before uh that you like the minute to win it is that is that really your favorite event, or is that like the easiest to run? Like, if you could do one event, which one is your favorite? Uh, right now, it would be the minute to win it, uh, and not for simplicity, but just because people laugh so hard 
uh, that you actually, your face hurts by the time you're done because you've been smiling uh, and laughing so much. So it's just full on fun. Um, and I, right now I'm all about that. I'm, I'm all about giving these companies a chance to just play. I, I think that that's something that a lot of companies have lost, um, this you know, lost sight of is sometimes the, the best thing is, um, is to just get, let them, let them have fun. Uh, so right now I'm, I'm all about just getting out there and, uh, I did an, a minute to win an event last week and had an email back from the client and just, she just said that it was perfect because it gave them a chance to get to know each other in a very different way. And they're still laughing about it and still sharing pictures of each other doing ridiculous things. And, um, that's a lasting, lasting impact. So right now that's definitely my number one. Uh, I, sh- I change from time to time, but right now I'm, I'm all about the minute to win it. I'm going to let you end by giving your contact info so people could know how to reach you for the donuts. But before I have you give me your contact information, I want to know, do you have any team building event that you've been planning in your head that if you could run, you would run? What would be your event? Um, you know, I've thought about that a lot uh, in terms of what, what would be my event. Um, and I would like it to be something that is based around uh, the charity aspect, um, something where basically a local charity that's having issues getting off the ground uh, is the end client, if you will. And the goal for the different groups is to examine the charity um, what they're currently doing and present proposals, sort of like a Shark Tank style format, and they present their suggestions for how they would improve that nonprofit. And the winning team actually continues that relationship with the nonprofit and helps them be more successful. Um, so that that's sort of the idea in my head is what can we do um, with all these brilliant corporate types um, to get them energized about something uh, that needs help in their local community. So your sharks would be like four members from a nonprofit. Exactly. That's cool. Do you have the big doors open up and have them come strolling in? You know, if the venue's right, absolutely. That's cool. I thought a fun team building would that would be to uh, live action role play. We could bring in like fake weapons and armor. It'd be the perfect escapism <laughs> from the office. Because uh, then you could have it where you could either divide your forces and so your like team is one team versus another part of your team and you had to accomplish a mission. Or I thought for the ultimate team building, you could have like your whole, uh, your whole workforce and I could field a team against you and so you could have two rival armies. Sure. Oh know. yeah, I'm all, about, I'm all about rival armies. That's, that's definitely relevant. Um, and you know, right now there's uh, – these new places is popping up around the country where you, you have to escape buildings. Uh, yeah, escape games. I've looked into those. I want to try Yeah. Them. So I think we're definitely seeing a trend toward um, working together to escape scenarios. And I think that kind of ties in with armies too. It was just a lot more strategy-based. Exactly. Uh, and it's fun because it's also like in the field of competition. It goes back to sports and you can see how people could react in a situation in live time that you wouldn't get to experience in the office. And so I think with the team building events, you could kind of get a different view of your fellow employees and see where it is and how it is you work together. 
And then you, once you know that connection, it's easier for you to apply back when you're at the office. Sure. All right. So why don't you give me your contact info? And I will also have this in the show notes. So if anybody needs to get a hold of Carrie for team building for the next couple months and then for the organic donuts, they could find that in the notes. Sure. So um, for American Outback, my contact is Carrie at AmericanOutback.net. And for Carpe Donut, it is contact at carpedonut.org. All right. Well, thank you so much. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.